Gotham Sound is your one-stop audio solution for microphones, mixers, recorders, podcasting, and wireless. Whether you're looking to rent or buy sound equipment, are working at a church, feature film, a television show, podcast, theater, or a student project, Gotham Sound is here to serve you. With a huge selection of new and used gear, it's your first stop before you buy. Gotham Sound has the pro audio you need to make your project sound true professional. Gotham has been around for 18 years perfecting pro audio. Visit us at GothamSound.com. Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions, the ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. It's Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. Author Phil Simon joins us, award-winning author. His book, Reimagining Collaboration, Slack, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, and the post-COVID world of work. You've heard of those, and uh, welcome to the program. Hey, Michael, thanks for having me. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailor solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bairdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice. Total sound control products from Oralex enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. So some people are, you know, like kids in a candy store where they have Slack, Microsoft Teams, Zoom. They figure it out, uh, you know, almost like a child on a bicycle and others struggle. But you say that it's the holistic approach to building teams that uh, we could all come together and learn to like this technology. Why did you write the book? Oh, a lot to unpack there, but to make a long story short, having written both Slack and Zoom for Dummies, it was obvious to me that many people, if not most, had no idea about the true power of these tools in and of themselves, much less when you link, say, a project management tool like Trello or Asana or Basecamp to Zoom or Teams or Slack. So there was this way of making your collaboration more holistic and people would spend much less time 
multitasking, you know, toggling between and among different applications. They'd build a comprehensive knowledge base. You would finally free yourselves from the shackles of email, which I've been really against for decades. And if an employee left your organization, all of that institutional knowledge wouldn't die. It would exist in a semi-private forum, right? Other people, let's say that you were the head of marketing, the CMO, right? Well, the old CEO leaves, the new CMO takes over. Guess what? All that correspondence, all that documentation, all those decisions are in one place. So there were so many benefits of using these tools in a more holistic way. I thought that that message was getting lost because some people buy a dummies book because they want to learn a particular application. Plus dummies books, as you know, Michael, become outdated very quickly if it's about a technology, right? This isn't 1995. Companies don't ship software in boxes. <laughs> so this is a more conceptual book that hopefully people will look back in three to five years and say, yeah, this dude was onto something. Right. And uh, people, especially, uh, you know, pandemic and, and post-pandemic appreciate your work, uh, Zoom for Dummies, because, you know, that's been the force of, of nature here, you know, where we all need that. Uh, more than ever. and uh, But let's get back to email for just a minute. It says uh, in your book, it wasn't designed for collaboration. Uh, what do you say about the people who don't take that same approach and feel that there's too much collaboration? There's too many people that sound that Slack makes when someone is trying to contact you, you know, and uh, what is that like a woodpecker sound? Is it right, right. going to be overload? I mean, it seems like email is kind of private. Well, tell that to someone who copies you uh, or your boss out an email <laughs> or sends it to, to sends it to the wrong email address. And you know, many times, and I consider myself a pretty adroit email user. I've had a few people basically block me, go, dude, stop, stop emailing me. I am Steve Katz. I'm not Kathy Katz <laughs> because I typed in cats and didn't think about it. But look, I mean, yeah, people like to demonize technology because it can't criticize us back, right? And Cal Newport's a smart cookie. He wrote Deep Work and a number of other best-selling books has famously come out and said, you know, Slack is even worse than email because of some of the things that you just said. I would argue that forget technology. If I work in a physical office and I've got an over-exuberant colleague who likes to knock on my cube or my door every three minutes, that's annoying. That's not conducive to deep work. So again, one of the things that people don't understand about these collaboration hubs is that they give you the ability to pause notifications exactly like your phone. And you always have the nuclear option if you're using the mobile or desktop version of one of these tools, just hit the quit button. By definition, it can't bother you. Whereas if you use your inbox as your way of communicating with the world and vice versa, then anyone can bother you about anything. So I'd argue that by segmenting the communications, you provide greater context to them and ultimately in a great deal of research support this, it decreases your cognitive load, right? So when you're sending me a message in Zoom, I know it's about this show. Whereas for all I know, there's another Michael Lorne in the world, although how could anyone replace you, right? So it takes huh. my brain a couple of seconds to understand who you are and what's this about. Whereas if one of my clients sends me a message in Slack, I know it's about our work together and I don't have to spend that time going, okay, who's Jim again? So again, we like to demonize technology. It can argue back, but there are so many benefits of using, using these new tools. A lot of it's just changing bad habits. And my book at a high level is about a lot of things. 
uh, at the top of the list, though, is change management and getting people to work in a different way. Um, that's why it isn't about one tool specifically. It's about a model the hubs and spokes. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that uh, people are adequately trained in this? Because sometimes technology no. is thrown at people right away and say, hey, by the way, we use Slack or we use Microsoft Teams and people have to swim and figure it out. Uh, I love your book because it's it's easy to understand, you know, and it's it's written so well. But it seems like it's unfair with technology. So tell me do, uh, if you think or or not, you're saying that, uh, you know, people are are prepared adequately, you know, for learning the technology and also maybe the ethics behind it. You say, you know, to explain the culture, the holistic approach. Yeah, again, a lot to unpack there, but no, the short answer to your question is that many times companies say, oh, employees will figure it out. They can watch it on my training video. They can buy a book. And in some cases, yes, you've got what I'll call super users, um, the, the, the 20% of people who use 80% of the functionality versus the other way around. Most people do the bare minimum. And again, a great deal of research supports this. And most people don't change their default settings. Right? They, they don't even know in some cases that you can do that with a Google search. You don't have to see the top 10. You can see the top 50 or 100. So again, there's a great deal of research to support that. But no, I mean, uh, anecdotally, I can tell you about a couple of times that I've pitched training to folks on Slack or Zoom because I wrote the dummies books. And I had people come back one in particular who said, this is a healthcare organization. All right, fine. We'll do an hour of training, but I want to cover Slack, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, OneNote, and oh, by the way, how computers work. For nurses getting off a 12-hour shift, they decided, you know what? We'll just buy some copies of the book in lieu of training. That's insane. If you think that nurses coming off that kind of shift in a pandemic, no less, are going to crack open my book and go, let me learn the ins and outs of Zoom. <laughs> it's nonsense. So many times it's the executive it just assumes that people will pick things up and there's this massive gap. Yes, some people can pick it up and they will use things in an intelligent way, but those are the exceptions that prove the rule. Uh, executives should say that to employees, your job today is to spend four or eight hours learning this tool and learning a better way of collaborating. But unfortunately, I think far few people recognize the importance of that. They say, well, it's fine. We'll just use email or some of us will use Teams and you can do that. But as I write in the book, and again, there's a lot of research behind this, if you can get everyone using a particular tool, it benefits from a network effect. So if you and I are the only two people on the planet, Michael, who use Zoom, it's got some utility, but it's only for us. It's better than if only one of us had it, but still, well, imagine if everyone in our company used it or everyone in the world used it. It's incredibly more valuable because we can communicate with anyone and they can communicate with us. And just to let you know, Phil Simon is a sought-after speaker, recognized authority on uh, technology, collaboration, communication, and analytics. He advises companies on how to use technology in his 11 books, Reimagining Collaboration, Message Not Received, and The Age of the Platform, uh, the last two of which you know have won awards. And his contributions have appeared in Harvard Business Review, CNN, The New York Times, Wired, NBC, CNBC, gee whiz, The Huffington Post, and so forth. I want to ask you something, though, because do you think um, and forgive me for being a cynic, you can tell that, you know, I'm not uh, swimming when it comes to to these technologies. It's not intuitive for me. Do you think too many people are on it and uh, they have so many channels? It seems like you can get lost. Oh, you absolutely can get lost. That's a legitimate issue. But I'd rather have too many channels. Right. And say, you know what? I don't care about marketing. I work in finance. 
right? Or we've got one for happy hour. And let's say I don't drink. And let's say I've got three young kids. And if I go out for drinks after work, my wife's going to kill me. (laughs) I can not only mute that channel, I can unsubscribe from that channel. So I get more targeted communications. Uh, When I was a college professor, sometimes because my department would not use Slack, even though we had an enterprise-wide Slack license and I was advocating for it. I mean, they had internally you know, one of the people by virtue of writing the book who knew it best in the world, um, I'd get emails related to tenure track faculty and I wasn't tenure track. So quite frankly, I didn't care. You know, why do I have to spend one second on that email, right? Why do other faculty members in my boat need to waste their time with that? So I agree. Now, if you've got six different channels that effectively cover the same thing, that's probably not the right way to go. But again, we like to blame technology, right? I can't tell folks when I do training or consulting that you need 13.6 Slack channels. There's no magic formula. But I tell people early on, you know, maybe start slow, right? Don't overwhelm people with 614 Slack channels. Start with 10. And then on the basis of that, you may add new channels, right? Oh, you know what? This makes sense to do in a private setting. Let's not make this uh, a channel for the entire organization. Let's just make it for our team. Or let's create one for this specific product launch because, again, we don't want it lost. And once we're launching that product, we don't really need this anymore so we can archive it or retire it or just not use it. So I, I agree. But again, getting back to your earlier question, Michael, it is a training issue. And getting back to your book, Reimagine and Collaboration, what's great about it is that it makes it palatable. For people like me who could be overwhelmed with Slack or Microsoft Teams or Zoom, you've chopped it down so that you could understand it and that you'd want to actually engage with these tools, which is something that can be overwhelming, you know, if you don't have something like that. And that's why you've written the book, uh, you know, Zoom for Dummies. What is it about collaboration that is important to you or that do you feel that uh, maybe businesses have it wrong or what uh, do they not know about collaboration that you would like them to know? They don't understand the power of these tools, again, in and of themselves, but also in connecting with these other tools that I call spokes. But once you do that, Michael, you can really change the way you work, right? You can take a look at a legacy business process that was never very efficient and do it in a much more efficient way. You can brace automation. You can reduce the amount of menial or manual work that people do. And with that, you spend less time trying to find documents, which some people say is up to 30 minutes per day, every day per employee, which adds up really quickly. And then don't even get me started in in chapter 15, when I talk about the future of collaboration, it's going to be a much more um, intelligent, right? With through machine learning, we'll be able to determine things like do certain employees basically crowd out others from contributing in the organization? Are certain employees on the verge of becoming disengaged, right? Which employees might have some sort of issue that isn't manifesting itself in general, much less if people were working remotely. So the sooner that organizations get on board with hubs and spokes and use these tools in the way that I recommend, the better off they'll be. Don't get me wrong. As I've said many times before, you still have to build a mousetrap or a widget that somebody wants. If you're making Blackberries and you're all in on the hub and spoke model, I don't exactly like your chances, but if you take two organizations doing the same thing, same industry, same workforce, blah, 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 all things being equal, I will bet heavily on the one that has embraced hubs and spokes. Well, we're talking right now with Phil Simon, his book, Reimagining Collaboration, Slack, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, and the post-COVID world of work. His book, we're going to learn more 
right after this. Since 2015, Autonomous is dedicated to building ergonomic office chairs and electric standing desks with the highest quality materials. The Autonomous product lineup began with the original office standing desk, the Smart Desk, and now spans several categories of smart ergonomic office tools and accessories, as well as new software solutions for modern hybrid work offices. All of our products are not just great looking and durable, but simple to use in order to unleash their full potential. Visit us at autonomous.ai and use code Messiah Radio for a 5% discount on your total order. Start your fragrance line and make money with bostonperfumery.com. Design custom cologne or perfume using natural ingredients. Imagine 10% butterscotch, 20% sandalwood, and 70% vanilla dark. Choose any scents and any percentage from the Boston Perfumery Sun Chart, then name your custom fragrance. Visit bostonperfumery.com. Again, bostonperfumery.com. Everyone deserves a signature scent. Okay, we're back with Phil Simon, and he's an award-winning author of the book, The Age of the Platform, and a Message Not Received, Zoom for Dummies, he's written, and now Reimagined in Collaboration. So we're learning about Slack, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, and of course, you know, the post-COVID world of work, which is a still ongoing uh, saga that's going on. I like the, the chapter that you have. It says, no one to walk away. You know, I think of, the, what is that, that Kenny Rogers song? Uh, the gambler, but it's uh, but it says here, no one to hold them, no one to fold them, yeah. no one to walk. I can't believe I know this. That's that's probably the only Kenny Rogers song I can quote. <laughs> that's funny, but it, you know, it says right here that uh, you know, there's some employees who either intentionally or not did not collaborate well with their colleagues, partners, and vendors. And when these people and situations present themselves, you can take one of three paths you say, whether the storm continue as it is. Uh, maybe you have reached the point of no return Two, attempt to change the situation or after the person's behavior in these cases, try to be measured. A tactful real life conversation is more likely to pay dividends and sending a cold or scolding message. And three, realize that your current situation is untenable and consider folding your hand. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, everything's contextual. Um, I play tennis and I've had instructors say every shot is contextual. If you're up five love, 40 love, you may want to try a risky shot. Uh, that's a lot different if it's 3-3 three, three in the third set, 30 all, right? Very different context. So if in more layman's terms, Michael, if you are towards the end of a nine-month consulting engagement and something bothers you, you might say, you know what, We're, I see the finish line. It's mile 25. I'll just bear it. Conversely, if it's early on and you see red flags and you're not running up thousands of dollars in accounts payable, if you're a consultant or you haven't moved your family cross country, you're just dipping your toe in the water or maybe you're interviewing, you might say, I'm seeing things that I don't like here. Those are easy scenarios because I'd argue the decision is pretty clear that the tough part, and hopefully the book provides this framework, is how to improve an existing situation. You probably don't want to fire a key employee in the middle of a project because she accidentally sent an email versus using Teams or Slack. Um, however, if you've got employees who routinely forego using these tools, that does cause a problem. There was a conversation I had in 2014, and I think when I lived in Las Vegas about a startup that actually fired one of its employees because the woman consistently would not use a Yammer because that disrupted the team's momentum. It made it tougher to find key information. And after multiple discussions, she just said, I'm not going to use it. And they said, well, goodbye. So, uh, you know, everything is contextual. Again, I don't expect companies to change overnight, particularly big, mature, uh, successful ones. 
But again, uh, one of the benefits of the HubSpoke model, and I write about this in one of the chapters, is that it doesn't have to be all at once. It can be bottom up. It can be a little bit at a time, what some people would call agile software development methods. So there are a lot of different ways to do it. I'm not trying to say to people that you have to follow these 14 steps. I, I tend to find those lists limiting and there's always a 15th step, right? Plus organizations are different. They deal with different regulations. They've got different levels of technology, sophistication among their employees and all sorts of other factors. Some, uh, I guess, uh, organizations are still in the dark ages. Others have taken on uh, Slack, Microsoft Teams or Zoom, and maybe there could be too much uh, technology for some, not enough, but that's just the way it is uh, with technology. What kind of vision do you have for organizations and even their employees to be happier, to be a better organization? Obviously, you're in all this you know, to make things better. I'd like to think so. And some people won't agree that would never work for us. But again, we're not going back. The genie is out of the bottle. COVID has happened. The question is, what are you going to do about it? And yeah, I'm the first to admit that just because an organization has purchased a Slack license or uses Microsoft Teams or Zoom doesn't mean that I solve all of their problems. Uh, but again, the organization that collaborates better, all things being equal, I think will be able to do a better job attracting, retaining, and motivating employees. Again, if I can use the functionality within one of these hubs to minimize my distractions, if I can tie hubs together with spokes and minimize the amount of searching for documents or the amount of um, rekeying or manual work, then my job becomes better. And it stands to reason then that if my job's better, I'm less likely to leave. It's not impossible. Life happens, right? But hopefully people will read this book in the way that you have and recognize that it isn't just about installing a particular technology. It really is about how we work together. And that isn't going to go back to its pre-COVID state. And let's be honest, in many organizations, if not most, we weren't doing such a great job anyway when people say, oh, we'll just return to the office. Really, we'll return to pointless emails at pointless meetings. So this really is an opportunity to paraphrase Winston Churchill, who said, never waste a great crisis. Right now is an opportunity to do things better, to really take a look at the type of organization that you want to be three to five years down the road and start putting things in place now to make that happen. Can there ever be like technology shaming that if, if you don't know this stuff, I mean, you can't swim with the big boys? Yeah, I'm a big fan of the term, the curse of knowledge. So it's just wrong to assume that people know what you know. And this isn't just about tech. It's about pick a field, right? You spend 25 years in something and you're going to know a few things, right? This is why when people talk to doctors and lawyers, they sometimes don't understand. So it's not a bad idea to say, you know, I don't get it. Or could you please explain it to a six-year-old, right? Which is what Denzel Washington's And people are afraid to do that though. People are afraid of that. <laughs> yeah. And that's a cultural thing. Again, I, that's why I try to use no jargon in my books. If I'm inventing a term like hubs or spokes, which again, have been around for a while, bicycles, but I'm defining them in a specific way. So I, I'm just not a huge fan of uh, dropping a lot of 50 cent words. In fact, I pride myself on my clear writing and speaking. And if I do have to drop a sophisticated or polysyllabic term, then hopefully I'm defining it in a way that makes sense. The last thing that I want to be is some talking head who just spews jargon because people are going to say, I don't get it. And if they don't get it, they're not going to mm. use the tool or they're not going to use it well. Mm. Whereas if they do understand it, and to be fair, you explain Teams or Slack to folks, they may not get it at first, but you say, come on, you got this. Remember Skype or remember uh, AIM, Red America Online's yes. instant messaging tool? It's basically that on steroids. And there's a lot more to it, but 
again, this gets back to your point on training. I would argue that if you've got a decent professional trainer in, you know, insert shameless self-promotion plug right there, someone can explain it to folks. And then I don't have all the answers. And again, these tools are very flexible. So people will be able to use them in creative ways. Again, I did not write a thousand page treatise on how to connect every third party app or system to Teams or Slack. That's just impossible. But hopefully it's the type of book that gets people asking questions and then we take it from there. So if you use Slack, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, Phil Simon is your man. And he's written the book, Reimagining Collaboration, and uh, also a frequent keynote speaker, dynamic trainer, and advisor. He helps organizations communicate, collaborate, and use technology better. We'll be right back. We're going to summarize all these three right after this. Tribe Signs was designed in 2010. We started operations as home and office solutions specialists and have since established ourselves as a trusted brand all over the world. We have worked with some of the world's best designers and manufacturers to bring a curated selection of beautiful furniture to thousands of happy customers across America. Visit us at tribesigns.com. Ocaso builds high-quality, extremely affordable action cameras that enable our customers to capture dynamic moments in life and share their world of difference. In less than nine years, Ocaso has become one of the leading action camera brands worldwide, with sales of over a half million units annually. There's a world out there to explore and enjoy while capturing every thrilling experience. Ocaso's mission is to inspire and empower more people to join, enjoy, capture, and share the fun of exciting outdoor sports visit acasotech.com okay we're back with phil simon and reimagining collaboration well how about that we all work together in teams and i should ask do we have to even learn what a team is i mean it sounds like a nice word you know collaborating teamwork do we need to go back to the drawing board and and learn you know how to work as a team or what is a team if you've got people who all sit in the same department, right, their team may be obvious. But, you know, for a long time, and my master's is in industrial and labor relations, so I used to work in HR a long time ago, you know, you had different people in different parts of the country. Some people were employees, some people were full-time, part-time, you had temps, you had contractors, you had consulting firms. So, yeah, I mean, different people will assume different roles on different projects, and they may not always be working for the same organization. You can talk about that for hours. Uh, the benefit of these tools is that in Microsoft Teams, say, I can add a guest, right? Even if that guest doesn't work in my organization, you can do the same thing with these other hubs as well. In Slack, if I'm organization A and I'm working on a project with organization B, I can use a tool called Slack Connect, effectively build a private pipeline that connects our two disparate workspaces. So there are all sorts of ways to get people to work together, um, even if they aren't on the same quote unquote team. People throw that word around teams and collaboration. Sometimes in work in the corporate setting, it feels like every man for himself. And so that's why I asked that question. So, you know, to have the technology of Slack, Microsoft Teams or Zoom, it would be great, you know, if we could really feel it to really what it really would be like as a team or harmonious type of uh, enterprise where people are really together. But is it cynical to say sometimes it feels like every man for himself? Oh, not at all. I mean, and again, I could talk your ear off about the erosion of the social compact among employers and employees over the last three to four decades. Uh, that's a much longer discussion, but it's all the more reason, you know, that being as, um, as, it, as it may, to learn these tools, right? You can't say that you're going to work for a company for the next 20 years. So it behooves you to be current with some of these technologies. Because again, if you're a rock star who doesn't happen to know teams, you're probably going to get a job anyway. 
But if I, again, just using a simple example, Michael, if I got two employees who are equal across the board and one is very good at Teams or Slack or Zoom or whatever, or that's one fewer thing that I have to teach the other employees. So why not hire the employee who can not only hit the ground running, but potentially help other employees unlock the power of these tools? All right. So here's what I want to do. Let's just summarize in a nutshell, very quickly, when it comes to Slack, Microsoft Teams and Zoom. So when you say Slack, what do you like about it? And what is it? Slack is a way of communicating with folks, for the most part, inside your organization using channels. Think of it as, um, gosh, if you go back to the late 80s, um, IRC, Internet Relay Chat on steroids. Um, It's really, to put more simply in quoting um, some of the folks inside Slack, it's a digital headquarters. So that's where all your communication and collaboration should take place. All right. Microsoft Teams, how is that different? It really isn't. It's just from a different vendor. In fact, Microsoft tried to buy Teams. I mean, pricing-wise, it's different because Microsoft bundles Teams with Office 365, so effectively it's free. But I mean, these software companies frequently look at what they do and say, oh, well, if Snap has this, then Facebook should add it and vice versa. So, you know, conceptually, it's it's very similar. They all pay attention to what they're doing. You know, Slack has, I would argue, a more robust development community uh, because it's been around longer. Slack launched in, I want to say, late 2014, whereas Microsoft Teams, I want to say, launched in 2018. But, you know, they're very similar tools. You know, Zoom for Dummies, you've written the book. How's that different? Well, Zoom is effectively to most people a better version of Skype, but it's actually much more than that. As Zoom for Dummies is a 400-page book that goes into all the different things. So some people put it under the umbrella of unified communication or UC. So in Zoom, I can absolutely do audio and video calls. I can send files and messages and create channels analogous to Slack and Teams. Uh, Zoom also offers a webinar product. I've been on many Zoom webinars. Um, there's also a phone system or voice, voice over internet protocol, VoIP. And you might say, why would you need a phone system? Well, do you really want to give your phone number to an angry customer if you work in customer service? Probably not. And then Zumo also makes what they call telepresence technology. It's it's hardware, dedicated appliances for either digital signage or for meetings. But it's effectively a computer that's sole purpose is to run Zoom's video products. So you must have to spend a a thousand hours, probably 10,000 hours getting to know this stuff. Is it easy for you? Slack, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, and all the probably a hundred other things that you know. Do you spend a lot of time in all this? I do. And they are very similar. So I was able to write Slack for dummies. I think it was 110,000 words in seven weeks because I was familiar with Zoom and because, you know, it's not like I had to go to the library. Um, And the Zoom folks internally were very helpful in giving me access to some things that hadn't been released yet or making sure that my language was accurate. But yeah, I mean, I have a framework in my head and it is easy for me to pick up new tools much the same way that if you are a very good JavaScript developer, you can probably pick up a programming language like Python because it's got very similar structure. And last question, Phil Simon, I want to ask you you how Martin Luther King, he had a vision, a dream, you know, for the way things would be. Well, what about you when it comes to collaboration? In a nutshell, do you have a vision and a dream for how technology, can you see into the future how technology might be? Yeah, again, chapter 15 of the book gets into it. But long story short, um, even though these hubs and spokes are incredibly powerful, we ain't seen nothing yet. So check out the book if you want to see it. But long story short, these tools will be able to answer questions that we didn't even think of asking. Bill Simon, he's our special guest. The book is called Reimagining Collaboration Slack, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, and the Post-COVID World of Work. And Phil is a sought-after speaker and a recognized authority on technology, collaboration, and communication, and analytics. And you've seen him. Uh, Some of his work appeared on uh, CNN, Harvard Business Review, The New York Times, Wired, 
NBC. Go get the book and you'll learn a lot. And uh, thank you, Phil, for being on the program. Michael, thanks for having me. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bearedynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.